Welcome to the Pull the Shoot podcast with Jeff and Jana. This is our weekly venture into the world of small to medium-sized businesses and the entrepreneurial spirit that drives success. So our goal here is to help you grow and to be the best you can be, both in business and personally. To do that, we identify and we discuss topics that will hopefully help you as you work to build a successful business. We also interview business owners and executives. It's our hope that you may be able to gain insight on ways to help you be a better leader and provide a better culture for your people. Our mission here is to help you pull the chute once a week to work on your business instead of always working in your business. So we hope you find these discussions insightful, helpful, and useful. And thanks for your support. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome everyone to the Pull the Shoot podcast. We are so excited that you are here today. As always, my sidekick, Jana Landry, is with me. Hey, Jana, how are you this morning? I am good. How are you? It's December. It's know, Can you right? believe it? It's almost the end of 2023. I know. Where are where they you? Does that mean I'm old, Jeff? Because they say that time goes faster when you get older because it is speeding by. It's, it's just, it's, it's insane to me. It's insane to me. Yes. It's fun too, Jenny. You and I were talking the other day. Um, they have all these cool pop-up bars here in Nashville, uh, holiday pop-up bars. So I'm getting oh my, to my wife, her birthday's in December. So I'm going to take her one of these cool holiday pop-up bars. because so Oh, there's fun. so many. There's Elf. There's um, Willy Wonka candy. There's ice skating. There's uh, I think there's a National Lampoon one here in Nashville. Oh, well, so it has a little bit to do with our expansion. So the last 10 years, we've expanded so much that now there's so many hotels <laughs> and restaurants in downtown Nashville. That, you know, like we're the fastest growing city for know, years, right? you know. So yeah. everybody's competing. So we have all these crazy experiences downtown yeah. now, you know, other than the typical honky tonk. So it's yeah, kind right? of fun. It's well, fun. it's fun because, you know, I mean, the, the people are, are thinking outside the box a little bit, a little, yes. a little more creative about things. And I think that's really cool. And I think that ties into who our, our guest is today. So I'm pretty excited about that. Ellen Robinson is our guest. Uh, she's with Team Performance. She's the uh, CEO and owner, uh, founder, I should say, probably. Um, and um, I just am so excited, Ellen, for you to be here today. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff and Jana. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited to hear about your your new curriculum or a little bit about what you were talking about, because this ties into a little bit of what Jeff and I talk about a lot in this multi-generational workplace and how to resolve conflict and some issues. So first, we always ask you, Ellen, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you came to be. Oh, my gosh. What what a great question. I started as a cocky 29-year-old thinking I could change the world. And I've since been humbled on what it takes just to change me, let alone a team or a whole organization. And I was working for an organization, and it was at the third management changeover. And I was totally, totally stressed out. And I was so stressed out. I was walking around like this, you know, where your neck disappears. Yes. And a a girlfriend said, you've got to come see the speaker. And I said, no, I'm too stressed out. And she said, Ellen, this is not an option. You must come to this speaker. And in 30 minutes, my whole life changed. And I I can remember the guy's name, Larry Trout. And he talked on personality types And this was back in the 80s. And back then, there was not a whole lot that wasn't just talked about in the workplace. Myers-Briggs wasn't popular. The Mm -hmm. only thing that was popular was Wilson Learning Center and Performax. And 
he introduced me to this concept of how different personalities like to be inspired, motivated, and how they like to handle conflict. And in that 30 minutes, I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make a career change. I took his workshop the next day. And within three months, I had started my own business, not having a clue of what to do. I started, I hired a programmer who wrote my computer program for me. And I started knocking doors and people started saying yes. So that's, that's awesome. How, that's how I got started. And, and over the years, I find different teachers of things I'm learning about myself because I figure if I'm learning about it, other people need to learn about it too. So I, I'm a student of what I like to share with others and mm-hmm. inspire others to be the best version of themselves. So I work in the area of team building, trust building, culture change, and leadership development. And I like to work with groups because in the setting of a group, you can impact more people yes. and, yeah. and move a whole organization forward. And as you're moving an organization forward, you're shifting the way the world works mm-hmm. and creating a, a better world for everyone. And it's also a great environment for people to learn when you're in a group. I find that too. When And Jeff and I talk about this when we're doing workshops and things, because people bounce ideas off of each other rather than a singular person who then has to go through that thought process of what it looks like differently. You've got a lot of different people in the room that can express how they might do it or, or their conflict or their resolution that, that are different personalities, you know, within that one setting, within that one room. So that's great. So what are some of the conflicts that you find most prevalent now? I mean, this is a loaded question, Ellen, but we can talk about four weeks about that. But just, just give me the top three. <laughs> give yeah. us the top three. <laughs> Well, I, I'd say one of the biggest challenge of conflict in the workplace, and I want to keep this simple, yes. but people walk around projecting their stuff on other people, mm. and, and they're not yep. able to see that it's their stuff. So I, I would say one is the blame game mm-hmm. of thinking it's the other person. Um, that that's one one thing that I see a lot in conflict. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing I see a lot in conflict is artificial harmony. And artificial harmony is when people act nice and play nice, but they're not feeling nice underneath. So oh, there, wow, there, there's this um, uh, bubbling up under the surface that comes up in the form of people withdrawing, getting sarcastic, passive aggressive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know your team dynamics is out the door. So that's one of the other things I see is a lot of artificial harmony. And I'd say the the third is that um there it hasn't been a safe a culture of safety built. And if you don't have a safe a culture of safety, you can't have trust. So wow. I would say, I'd say those are probably the three big ones that I see the most. Those are really interesting. So do you find it 
it kind of stems from the top down, the leadership, of course, down. Yeah. And Jeff, we talk about this all the time. Yep. We were just talking about this actually this morning about how, you know, a well-known coach, we're not going to get into it, throws one of his football players under the bus rather than him taking blame for a certain play that completely, you know, ruined the game, this and that. Oh, no, so, I don't want to get into it because I think that's it's worth it. I mean, here's a yeah. – I'm going to jump. I'm sorry. but so You know, so, say it. Kirby Smart, the coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, lost. they lost to Alabama. And when asked what the difference, what differentiator was – he threw a freshman linebacker that missed a play, a missed an assignment under the bus because they scored a touchdown in the second quarter. Alabama did, but he pulled, he soloed that kid out. How do you do that as a coach, yeah. as a leader? I mean, it, it just infuriates me that on national TV, that was his thing was that instead of, you know, saying I'm the coach, it's all up to me. I did it. You know, we're a team. I take the blame. He threw a freshman kid under the bus. That's probably going to ruin his life. Yeah. Mentally, abusively, you know, all the things that happen for all the wrong reasons. I just I'm just like adamant about it. And I don't mind saying the coach's name because I think he is so wrong that it it just irritates the crap out of me. Yeah. Yeah. The leader is only as good as his team and the team's only as good only as, as good as their leader. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so yeah. if the trust doesn't happen at the top. Then workers happen. don't feel trust. They don't feel trusted or safe. And I totally agree with that. I've yeah. had situation work situations like that many times in my life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, 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 it's a big problem. So how do you work through that with them? So I guess that's the question. So you named three yeah. really great things, right? Yes. Um, you know, projecting themselves in, in the wrong manner, you know, kind of the blame game thing, people look good, but you know, but they're, uh, they're, it's an artificial harmony, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. And then yep. the culture of safety. So pick one of those. We can probably don't have time for all threes. Which one would you like to talk about? But I'd love to know how you approach that. Yes. The companies get through it. I think this is key because it's going to really help our listeners to understand some things. Well, let's speak into artificial harmony because I think it's one of the silent killers of effective teamwork and effective leadership in the workplace. Right. Mm-hmm. And- Artificial harmony is um, when people act nice, but they don't feel nice. Mm-hmm. And what's happening underneath is the foundation is breaking and their safety level is plummeting. So people can't even get to a culture of safety unless artificial harmony is addressed. So mm-hmm. the, the two go hand in hand. And I've created a whole systematic curriculum for actually helping organizations create a culture of safety. And remember, your culture didn't get the way it was overnight. Right. And it, it doesn't change overnight. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, depending on what's going on with the client and what their particular team dynamics are, I customize a, an approach to help them. But the first is starting off with a snapshot of where their culture is or where their team is. And I have a couple different ways to do that. Yeah. So how do you identify that, that there's this artificial harmony? I mean, it just, does the coach come in and say, here's the problems that we're having, here's the challenges we're having, or do you come in and do some kind of assessment? Well, I, I do a couple different assessments to assess that. One, one is looking at what is the level of vulnerability? You know, are people able to authentically speak their truth? Are they able to apologize? And by being a barometer of vulnerability, you can see if 
there is going to be a culture of safety or artificial harmony. So it's a key indicator. Mm -hmm. So without being able to have a safe place or be vulnerable, you can't get rid of the artificial harmony. Mm -hmm. So business owners or executives get a hold of you because they know there's something wrong and they can't put their finger on it? Or, you know, how how do you get into identify those situations? That's a great question. You know, different people hire me for different reasons. You know, like some of my clients know they have a great culture, but they want it to be awesome. So how do you go from great to awesome? Other people know their morale's off, you know, just, you know, you, you sense it, you may not see it, but you sense it. Like uh, maybe one of your leaders is not showing up to meetings or leaving early for meetings. So there's key indicators that are happening as far as level of engagement. Uh, Engagement scores could be low or at the Mm -hmm. meeting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Also high turnover with employees, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. absenteeism is also an indicator Mm -hmm. yeah i would imagine if you're a burn insurance type of uh culture that at some point you got to look in the mirror and say okay it's it's something we're doing Mm -hmm. right yeah exactly if if you think about it team members managers can only evolve to the level of the leaders Mm -hmm. right so if, if if you have a really talented workplace and your leader's not doing their internal work, then people will generally opt out of the culture to go find a culture where they can evolve and grow in. So mm-hmm. it's key that we start at the top and help the leaders grow to the next level. And some some are willing and able, and some are willing and not able, and some are able but not willing. So right. there's there, there's two things that I look for in leaders, willingness and ableness mm-hmm. for them to be able to, to uh, grow their culture. So you start at the top. So you come in they're, uh they're doing a burn and churn. They know they need your help. You do some analysis and then you start, do you start at the top and work it down or do you start in the middle and work up? I start at the top and work down. Yeah. Okay. And, and is this weekly meetings? Is it monthly meetings? Is it, what is it? How does it work? Describe your services. <laughs> That's a great question. I customize it to my client. So mm-hmm. sometimes we do weekly meetings. Sometimes we do, you know, every other. I don't like too much time in between sessions because right. you lose momentum. So the most I, uh, I, if I had a magic wand and I could do it the way I'd like, it's every other week. And, mm-hmm. and in, in between, it's not just me being on the ground. I have work to do in between sessions that are on the ground, integrating what you're learning and practicing it in your everyday uh, workplace. So if we meet the first and third Tuesday of the month, then the second and fourth Tuesday of the month, then they're meeting to work on, you know, what we did in our live sessions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can give them you know, things to practice, things to work on, in a sense. Yes. yes. Right. And, and, and how I, do you, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, how do, you, how do you assess whether or not people are buying into this and what, what how do you manage the people that aren't buying into it? Because it is change, right? People hate change. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Well, one of the principles that I implement is you have to weigh in to buy in. So it's it's one of the the key oh. concepts yeah. in one of my sessions that and it it's something that people with artificial harmony go, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to their desk and they don't do it, right? So one of the conversations we have is what is your level of of, of buying in? Mm-hmm. How are you going to weigh in? And that really starts at the top of having the leaders be curious and asking the right questions for Mm -hmm. them to buy in. And also, I wonder, Ellen, do do you also then ask other people in these teams how they feel like their coworkers are participating? I would imagine you got to get into that, too, which gets into a little bit of that, uh, you know, the people projecting and all of the stuff that we carry as a professional projecting onto other people, you know, other coworkers. So that's good. It gets everybody all in the room, all, you know, all involved. Absolutely. And, you know, I have a, um, a really cool assessment on culture where I can take a snapshot of where the whole organization is aligned and misaligned with their core values. And then that is an indicator of the next step of helping leaders um, become values driven according to the core values. So we can evaluate whether the leader is living true to the core values too. And right. if they're not creating a roadmap from them to get from A to Z, so they're evolving at the same time we're evolving the culture. And so then they have a container to hold the change of the culture because they're evolving too. Yeah. Wow, that's great. It is. You made a comment earlier that uh, it, the culture didn't get there where it's at overnight and to change it, it's going to take some time. Yeah. What's your normal, and I know everybody's different, but give me an average. Does it mean, is it six months? Is it a year? Is it two years? Yeah. What's your norm on that? Three to seven years to change a culture. Wow. Depending That's depend- incredible. Depending on the size, smaller organizations, yeah. it's, it's really interesting because one of the clients that that I've been working with is a small organization, already had a rock star culture, hired me in because one of the team members wasn't playing nice together. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so clear that this person wasn't a good fit. And so they were able to, you know, help him find a new place. Mm-hmm. And then they're very strategically hiring in talent that's congruent with the culture. Sure. So that's great. Wow. I'm I'm helping with the hiring piece to make yeah. sure that there's a fit with personality and culture to make sure it's aligned. So they're 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 changing pretty quick um because they're very nimble and the CEO is very willing and ready and he's created people that are in alignment with him. So they're doing a fast turnaround time. Some of the bigger organizations, you know, like the 3Ms and the Samsung, mm-hmm. those are the ones that would take seven to 10 years. That is so interesting. So you literally work with people sometimes, Ellen, like seven, five, three years? <laughs> On Ongoingly, yeah. yes. Wow, On and great. off, that's interesting. Okay, I'm going to throw, I want to throw in just one more question out here. And you know, Jeff probably knows what I'm going to say. Do you find that a multi-generational culture 
where we've got four distinct generations in the workforce. This is my you know, platform, my passion, is all of these very succinct and specific cultures, or, or I should say generations, working together. Do you find that that's somewhat of a part of this challenge as well because of their communication uh, differences? Well, it's really interesting that you asked that question because one of the culture assessments I did, it's been a few years ago, it was a manufacturing company that was both union and non-union employees. And we did a, a culture survey of all their employees and we did it by length of service and we did it um, by age, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. different ages. And there was no distinct difference in this culture survey in the values that the younger generations wanted with the older generation. That's wonderful. Wow. The, the difference is how those values get expressed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the communication. <laughs> yes, yes, it's yes, commu- yes. Not only the communication, but to me and what I've seen with businesses, it's how like how willing they are or how quickly they want it, you know, because right. the younger generations are living in a world that where things happen quicker. Everything, you know, happens. Yeah, know. And they think they, they think they're owed it too, which is the yeah. other problem I have yes. versus working yes. for it. Yeah. Like, Wait, I don't just get that. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of interesting. So that I would believe that Ellen, that the values are the same, you know, if they're decent people, but wow, that's interesting. It is. Yeah. And, and and then it's you know fleshing out what do the values mean to your group or your organization yeah. or your team so you know organizations that are fluid with their values like we define them like we have our standard values and what our definitions are and then having teams have liberty to embrace them in the uniqueness of what they are is super powerful yeah. Yes. That's, that's great. Amazing. That's interesting. So Ellen, you have a webinar coming up. What date is that? It is December 7th. Okay. And it's 11 a.m. Central Time. I'm happy to send anybody the link that wants to attend. And it's from conflict to collaboration. And we're going to talk about artificial harmony. I'm going to introduce you to my new conflict harmony framework and help you see exactly what goes on inside your teams and organizations in one chart and graph and what you can do and uh, to get out of the muck and into the fun. That's great. Now, are you going to be recording that webinar as well? I am going to be recording it as well. Right. So some of our listeners that uh, listen after uh, that Thursday can just contact you and get that link. Um, And if they want to contact you, what's the best way to do that? You can go right to my calendar link, which is, um, let me pull that up for you. It's https colon forward slash forward slash teamperformanceus.com call. How about if I put that in the chat? Would that be helpful? Sure. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that gets onto the, the uh, mm-hmm. information for the blog as well, or for the podcast as well, excuse me. Um, but that's great. So your website is teamperformanceus.com. 
Um, if you people want to know more about that, just reach out to Ellen through there and we can uh, get going. Ellen, this has been amazing. Uh, Janet, yes. I talk about, we touched on one of the three things that you were out talking about, but uh, we can talk about others. So I think we're going to have to have you back just so we can talk about the other things because it fascinates us. You know, we're both coaches. And so yep. this always comes up and I think it's a big, big deal. And just, you know, positive cultures is something that we so need in our society. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, Janet, I've talked about the great resignation for, you know, multiple uh, podcast where, you know, forming into a million people a month were leaving jobs, right? Because they thought, you know, they weren't happy and they wanted They weren't happy and they just didn't see any change happening in the future. Right. Like they didn't see any desire to change, you know, for the leadership to change. So, right. You know, it's really interesting that you bring that up because in a Wiley study of 12,000 workers, 69% said that conflict was causing them to be disengaged mm-hmm. and leave, leave their workplace. Yep. Yep. Two out of five people left their workplace because of destructive conflict. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, Ellen Robinson, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate you t- giving us the time and uh, we get and for us to get to learn more about how you're dealing with uh, conflict in the yes. world. Thank you for what you do. We really appreciate that. Um, to all our listeners, thank you as always. Uh, Janet, I really appreciate you guys um, with your feedback, with your emails. Um, and, and as we always talk lately, we have gone international, so we're still excited about that. Um, so if you're anywhere in the world, you can find us um, and learn. That's the goal of this podcast. So until the next time, everyone stay safe and be healthy.